0: Hi there, this is Amber Ray.
1: And this is Dan Plyce.
0: And this is Unconditional Love.
1: A podcast about personal responsibility.
0: All right. Uh, Again, this is Amber. I'm 58. I live in Denver. I've been married a couple of times, I have three grown sons, one's still at home. Uh, My 80 year old mother lives with me and um, I've been aware of and seeking a spiritual path most of my life. I fall off now and again, but I always seem to find my way back.
1: And uh, my name is Dan Pleiss, I'm a 54 year old gay man who lives in Chicago. (laughs) With his longtime partner, uh, I'm in an open relationship. I'm active in the gay leather community, um, and uh, I uh, am not claimed to be to know anything other than uh, what's based on my own personal experience. Um, but I'm trying my hardest to be better at living a life full of joy and less full of anxiety and unhappiness. So. Um, It's what Amber and I talk about all the time, and uh, we thought we'd maybe share some of our conversations with the rest of the world.
0: Yeah. And today's podcast is about love and our parents, the influence of our parents on our lives. Um, And this conversation is, hopefully we're going to explore both positive and negative and how we grow from our parental influence, um, or the influence of our parents. Um, my, uh, I'm going to go first. My dad passed away when I was in my thirties. Um, and my mother is still here, which obviously we've talked about her in another podcast. Um, my dad was kind of a larger than life sort of soul. He was super loud, super opinionated, um, super strict, uh, and he wasn't present in any of us kids' um, childhoods. He was kind of gone a lot, which I know is sort of a generational thing. I know a lot of dads, um, of in our generation worked all the time. And I mean, they were definitely not as present as it, it appears to be that fathers are now. Um, and my mom, when I was growing up, she was a good and loving mother she was strict and super kooky um but she still was giving and supportive and let all of us chase the dreams that we wanted and she supported us um every step of the way
1: Mm -hmm. um and what did uh so your dad was larger than life what, what ways was he larger than life
0: um part of it was because he was a, I I'm sure it is because he was a big man. Physically, um, Yeah. He was physically large. He had a loud voice. Um, when he did come home, he was the center of attention. And, and my mom made part of that happen because we had to change our behavior when our dad was around and we had mm. to dress differently and we had oh, to wow. be quieter. And, um, there definitely was a, a change in the household when my dad, dad was home. He traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we, as you know, <laughs> um, we traveled a lot with him. Um, we, uh, were, I grew up mostly overseas and we moved around a lot. And, um, but even no matter where we were, even out of the country, my dad was not, um, he wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: It's so interesting that, uh, that's funny. It totally ties in with other things that I I know about your mother that she had this other narrative about the way things were around the house that she probably told him that's the way it was all the time. And then she was trying to create this fantasy of what your home life was like all the time when he wasn't there (laughs) by making you behave a certain way and dress a certain way. And, and, uh, that totally fits in with other things you've told me. She always tried to control the narrative.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I never even thought about it. But yes, absolutely. I'm so strange.
1: It's <laughs> so funny. Um, <laughs> People are weird.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's so weird because you and I were... Well, I was texting you this morning because when I was looking up quotes about parenting and I all the quotes that I was reading was just so depressing. I'm like, oh my God, I was such awful. Like I... It was I was trying to think about my mom and my dad, but it made me made me reflect on me and what sort of parent I have been and who I am. Anyway, it was it's yeah, it's very enlightening. So I'm very uh, everything I wrote about my mom, and my dad. All of a sudden, I have a different perspective now. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. because I'm like, oh, I wonder if my kids look at me that way.
1: Well, I think it would be po- impossible to not worry about that as a parent. That you know. Yeah because and because i mean i you know i always think try to think about my experience with things and i can think of things that my parents did when i was little little that for whatever reason were really traumatic just because they they, it was just it was a big deal to me but it wasn't something that would ordinarily be a big deal to anyone else um but it's just because the way it, the way it hits you, it's the first time that something like that is happening, or the first, uh, or w- whatever it is. And, and as a young, if you're like you know a toddler or a young your child, it's the experience is new, and and it's something that sticks with you. And your parents probably don't even remember that they did it. You know, I, it's funny. It's not actually an example of my own, but it reminds me of um, my sister told the story of. Um, when she was very little, she told my mother something. She knew understood what the concept of a secret was, and she told my mother a secret. And I don't remember what it was uh, when she was really little, but then she overheard my mom on the phone telling one of her friends the cute thing that Laura did and shared the secret. And Mm -hmm. my mom was just telling this cute story about her daughter. Yeah. But the lesson to my sister was never tell anyone anything that you don't want to be repeated because it they stay people aren't to be trusted and she really has stuck by that her entire life from that one lesson she it was a lesson that just took one time and it's probably just partly right where she was in her formative you know development yeah but the lesson that she took away from that as a very young child was don't tell anyone you don't want them to repeat cuz they will
0: wow
1: but I wow. mean, as much as you know, you There's know a that a I... sad stories too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I think it's just, but it's at it a something as it re- you become an adult that you have to say to yourself, like she was just doing what mothers do. Yeah. she was just sharing a cute story, and maybe I overreacted, you know. And maybe yeah. when I'm fifty, I can reevaluate that decision to never trust anyone. But you know, she never did. Mm.
0: And we. And I can totally see that happening too, because you do tell people the cute things that your mm-hmm. kids do. You yeah. Know.
1: And as much as you know, a, a, a emotionally abusive narcissist as our mother was, like that—that's—that's <laughs> that's not an instance of it in my mind. You know, like she yeah. just was just being a mother. Yeah. So anyway, the whole point of that long story was just that I feel like it's a it's a lost cause trying to not feel, not traumatize your kids because you you don't have a chance of that not happening. If you're involved in their lives and then yeah. if you're not, they're traumatized cause you weren't like, there's yeah. no way to win.
0: <laughs> there's no way to win. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Well, it's, um, I, when I, had, I texted both blue and steel at one point this morning because I'd been reading all these quotes and I was, was apologizing to them for being a bad mom. And blue sent me this text and it says, um, Hey mom, parenting is spending a long night Trying to keep a fire from going out in the dead of winter on top of a mountain in a snowstorm with no wood nearby to burn. And if you manage to keep the fire burning anyway until the morning, then you did it. And I don't think you owe anybody any Mm -hmm. apologies.
1: And when it's all over with, your your kids will blame you for how unhappy (laughs) and wet they, and cold they are.
0: (laughs) And how they hate fire.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) and yell at you for because you burnt down a, a, a endangered kind of plant, then you should have been more thoughtful about the environment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's hard to be a parent. It's hard it to be a kid, too, mm-hmm.
1: though. It's hard to be alive. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, mean, I tried just, to, No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, just to, like, I, 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 I sort of thought, I didn't take that many notes. I thought it was more interesting to just sort of follow where you were going with the conversation because I wasn't clear from completely... From your notes, where how you where you were wanting to take it, so um, I didn't write down a lot of stuff, and 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 but uh, and I have lots and lots of things that I can say about my parents, and I and it's such a bottomless pit that I thought that maybe it's be better to focus more on your experience with your parents, and and I can I'll reflect off of that, and then um, and we'll probably yeah. do the reverse in the future.
0: Okay. All right. Um. Well, and of course now I don't want to say anything bad about my parents so that my kids never <laughs> say anything bad about me. Um, I, in reflecting back on what my dad was like, um, the things I remember most about him is he was, the the strengths of him uh, is that, and I, I don't know why this stays in my mind the most, but my, my dad was really demonstrative about loving someone. And about like loving us kids when he loved us. He was very physical about it. He gave big hugs and he, um, he uh, l- like, he, it was just, it was such a physical sensation. And I remember him with my mom. One of my strongest memories is of my, um, my mom doing something in the kitchen. She, I don't know what it wasn't cooking or she was like getting something out of a drawer or something. And, but she had walked in the kitchen and, and like her, um, like, like a nightgown or something or whatever it was that she was wearing. And I just remember my dad walking up behind her and, um, like, um, copying a feel from her. And my mom saying, hooray, not in front of the children. And my dad did it again anyway. And my, my mom's like, kind of giggles and she, you know, goes back into the bedroom and does whatever it was that she needed to do. But such a strong memory mm-hmm. to me, the, phys- the physicality of him with her. And, they, and as you know, I mean, they didn't, uh, it, it's not that they had like an ideal relationship or anything, but, um, that was something I remember the most about my dad, him with her, but also with us kids that he was very physical Mm -hmm. in a way that I find appealing.
1: Yeah. I think that's awesome. I, I, we've talked about this before and I, I, um, my parents are the exact opposite. I, other than a chaste kiss, welcome home every day from work. I never saw my parents ever touch each other and maybe put their arm around each other sometimes. Um, nothing more than that ever. Uh, and my whole life, I always thought I was always very drawn to families that were demonstrative and people that were demonstrative. And it was, it always interested and fascinated me because I just thought it just looked so nice. And, um, so when I'd see something like that, some, someone's parents being demonstrative with each other. I would always just think, oh, that looks so... I I would always think that's the way it should be, that people should be that way with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Because otherwise, why are you still together after all these years? It's... uh, I don't... I never understood why people want to... I mean, there's lots of reasons to stay together, but I just admire people who, after so many years, are still so demonstrative with each other.
0: Yeah. And this is not about my mom and dad, but um, my brother who is my m- mother's son and not my father's son um uh he's a very in a totally different way but th- whenever i see him he gives these hugs that are like soul hugs mm-hmm. like he he pulls you into him and and they're not long hugs or anything they're but they're long mm-hmm. enough hugs that go so very very deep mm-hmm. And hey, I love that about him too.
1: Yeah, giving you know? good hugs is an art, I think, and yeah. um, and I try really hard to give good hugs. And what's uh, one of the things I love about my group of friends here in Chicago is we give each other great hugs. And um, in fact, our friend give Pam, hugs. our friend Pam, when <laughs> she came to uh, after she came to visit one time, she talk, talked about that a lot for a long time. Afterwards, but all the great hugs she got when she came to visit because we had people over to have dinner or something it made me I feel love good. That.
0: Yeah, I love that. Sorry, I got off on the whole physicality thing because no. obviously.
1: So it's it a positive that That's appeals a, to you, me. Yeah. Well, you wanted <laughs> yeah. to talk about the influence of your parents.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, on the, the on the opposite side of that, um, because my dad was always gone, um, he wasn't. I think we were sort of out of sight, out of mind. And so he wasn't responsible to the family, really, uh, in a financial way. Like he when he was gone, he didn't send money home. He that's bizarre but uh, uh, yeah. um, and so when he was home, we always had, you know, because he was an amazing cook. Um, we had great meals and there was, you know, there was always, um, you know, lots and lots of food and, uh, it was always amazing. And then when he was gone, the longer he was gone for the less food we had. And I, it, it so it was so almost like feast or famine, but I, I feel like I never, I didn't learn in a positive way how to deal with money. Mm-hmm. Um, until now, until I took responsibility for it, obviously, as an adult. Um, But it's something that I wish I would have learned.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I can tell you (laughs) as the son of an extremely responsible man who balances checkbook every month and modeled that in front of us every every month sitting down, pay the bills on the same day of the month with a checkbook, mm -hmm. balance a checkbook in front of us and Talk about not spending more than you have, and say, putting as much as you can into savings, and all of that stuff. None of it wore off on me. So I'm just saying <laughs> so, that so, I, it so maybe might... it's
0: just my wish that if my dad would have been better, I would have. That been somehow
1: he would magically more. have worn off on you. It 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 uh, rubbed off on my sister, but it didn't rub off on me. So
0: uh-huh.
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure that. Uh, but it, it's you have certainly if you don't have an example of it, then you certainly. Um, are less likely to be able to yeah. do it. So I'll give you that. But yeah. I'm just saying it doesn't always rub off. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: funny. Um, uh, I
1: one, know th- I- one thing that- I think it's interesting in this whole topic is that, uh, you know, I think people in general very often cherry pick the things that they want to be pissed off at their parents about. Like was, I have this thing in my life that I'm not good at and and it's yeah. my parents' fault, you know, instead of, just, you know, trying to take a, a certain point, taking ownership of it, like you're saying with your finances, like it would have been nice to have a better example. And I agree with you um, and I was better at it when I was younger. And over time I sort of decided that some of it was bullshit and stopped paying attention mm-hmm. to it. But, um, but you had came at it from a different way of trying to figure it out on your own. Um, but I, I think the important point of that is that at the end of the day, you, you have to take responsibility for it and you did.
0: Yeah. Um I when I was going through all those uh parenting quotes um this morning one of the ones that I found was from J.K. Rowling's um if uh, hopefully I said her name right mm-hmm. um and she said uh there is an expiration date for blaming your parents for <laughs> steering you in the wrong direction. I love that. The moment you are old enough to take the wheel, the responsibility lies with you.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I um for sure. I I was going to say one of the things I've told you this story before is like also in terms of my sister, um, that, uh, years and years ago, um, you know, we were probably like 15 years ago, at least, uh, we were, it was coming up on mother's day and her birthday is, uh, two weeks before it's May 4th. And so it's like 10 days or so before mother's day. And I, um, called her on her birthday, and I said, "Have you spoken to mom yet?" And she said, "No, I'm really dreading it. Well, I mean, we, I mean, our mother was always made everything about her, um, and but uh, which is true. But uh, she said, "No, I don't want to talk to her because all she's going to do is start talking about Mother's Day. And she, uh, and ever since I was a little kid, she's always just take Mother's Day is just taken away from my birthday because the second my birthday was over, immediately everything just had to start being about Mother's Day." And how Mother's Day was coming up, and I never got to enjoy my birthday because it was always about how Mother's Day was coming up. And I was like, "You live three thousand miles away from your mother, and you're forty-five years old. How can you possibly be standing there, sitting there on the phone, telling me that your mother is ruining your birthday unless you're letting her? Like you, she can't ruin your birthday from so much distance in time and space unless you let her. And you mean my sister was ruining her birthday in my mother's name. It was, you know, at a certain point, you have to take responsibility for your." actions.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so mm-hmm. yeah,
0: it's funny. I, uh, whenever, I, I mean, both my parents had great things about them and they both had, you know, flawed things about them. Um, and whenever I've at any point in my life, whenever I've tried to blame them for anything that's going on in my life, um, it never, it doesn't ring true inside me. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, mm-hmm. I know it's not true because it doesn't feel true Um, because they're flawed like I'm flawed or they were flawed. Um, And at the end of the day, again, I mean, and and this is what we keep going back to with unconditional love is that at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our actions. Once we're adults, we're responsible for it Mm -hmm. and we make choices, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, one one thing I think is interesting that I've noticed with a lot of people is that they, uh, it seems to me people very often, uh, especially when it comes to parenting, but even in general, um, they either categorically reject everything that their parents did as parents and therefore want to do everything the opposite of the way their parents did it, or they think that they're... Emulate their parents in every single way. Like my parent, my parents made us go to bed at seven thirty, so you have to go to bed at seven thirty. And my parents believed that you should only eat spinach on Fridays, and so we are only going to eat spinach on Fridays because that's the way my parents did it. And other people are like, we're never eating spinach ever, 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 because our parents made us eat spinach, <laughs> and therefore, and I hate my parents and I don't like the way they raised me, so I'm going to not do anything that my parents did. And I, I've always thought it was it seems so short sighted. Like why wouldn't you look at everything and say, well, I liked the way my parents did this. But I didn't like the way they did that, mm-hmm. and, and I try yeah. really hard to um, look at things in my parents' lives that I that, that where well, they did set a good examples, like with being responsible with money or, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, showing up on time for work or or whatever, like things that you could take away as being good lessons. And the other things you can say, oh, I don't think they did that as well. So maybe I'm going to try it a different way. But why do you? Why is it sort of all or nothing? So it feels like that it's that way sometimes with people.
0: Yeah. Well, and we, we actually talked about this the last um, episode, the older I've gotten, I definitely, all the things that seem to matter so much to me when I was younger, they just don't. And and I've become not just softer in the world and in my world, but I've become softer with like my memories of my parents or uh, like, because everything came from my own perspective. And when I look at it from a bigger perspective, it's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. they, they weren't, you know, personally making sure that I was, you know, felt bad all the time or whatever, whatever it is, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. So we talked about your dad. So what, with your mom, what were the good and bad things from with her?
0: Um, the good things was she was, she was super loving to us kids. She took being a parent, uh, it was a big responsibility for her, especially since um, my dad wasn't around. Um,
1: and she was pretty young too, right?
0: She was. I mean, she, she had my brother when she was eighteen, and she had like, and she had me when she was twenty-two. So, um, and then, and she lost a lot of kids too. She lost four children in between mm-hmm. myself and my little sister. Oh wow! Um, all full-term babies. So, oh wow! Um. And I know at the time, at, at least in our family, but I think it was a it was a you know something that people did at the time. They didn't talk about it, you mm-hmm. know. So I think there was a lot of um,
1: and my parents had a miscarriage between us, but not full term. That's crazy.
0: Uh, yeah, I, uh, it's I have so many memories of my mother being pregnant and having a big belly. And then no, no baby coming mm, oh home. Wow. Like she'll go to the hospital and then mm. no baby would
1: come mm, home. Maybe and... she was selling them to pay for your dinner. <laughs> maybe so. Because your dad wasn't home. <laughs> <laughs> At least we had butter. I'll tell you that. <laughs> mm. uh, you um, know, but I think they're not talking about it is generational. Like, the, yeah, like yeah. you said, they just don't. Like they people don't talk about things. And, and sometimes I think maybe they were better off not talking about everything all the time. Yeah. As we're sitting here talking about our feelings constantly. <laughs>
0: Right. Um, and I I know I mentioned before, the other thing about my mom was that, um, uh, she was very, she certainly encouraged us to follow whatever our dreams were, because mine was, um, obviously to be an actor and a dancer and she did everything in her power for me to be able to have that path, which I did. I, you know, I was able to have it and it was just the reality of being a, you know, a single mom and, um, having to pay for everything myself that put me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, onto a different
1: path. And that's something that, you know, I've been jealous of my entire life. I've, uh, my parents never encouraged either of us to do anything other than the practical thing. It was nice to succeed if it didn't, if it fit in with, uh, some sort of practical plan for your life, but certainly not to put yourself out there, not, don't risk yourself financially or otherwise. If there's more practical options available, like you know, my sister got into MIT and, um, but had to go to University of Michigan, and there are so so few women at MIT in engineering school at the time, in aerospace engineering, and um, with you know me wanting to be a playwright, all my dad every time I talked to him when I was living in New York trying to be a playwright, the only thing he ever asked me is if I had a job and I, if I would mm-hmm. be temping somewhere, and I'd say, oh, they offered me. And cause they always offer me a job cause you know, I was, I paid attention good. and he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, well you should take it to the offer benefits. How much does it pay? Like he would never say, Oh, but you want to, you know, but you need time for your playwriting ever. He would always just push for why don't you have a real job?
0: Yeah. huh. The other thing positive and that my mom definitely that she gave all of us kids um, was. Um, because she was not on a traditional spiritual path. I mean, she, you know, was a, she was a psychic and she was really into new thought, um, the new thought um, philosophy. And she got her minister's license through unity. And uh, like she was, um, she was definitely off the beaten track when it came to her, her, spiritual thoughts and, you know, and religion. And that, um, allowed me to explore, you know, the all that, you know, the different mm-hmm. paths, um, and for me to make decisions on my own, like I didn't, we weren't raised having to go to a certain church or having to have a certain philosophy. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, not, not to say that some of her thoughts weren't kooky cause they were, um, but we were allowed to f- discover that on our own.
1: You know, I had, um, and this is the thing that I've been wanting to tell you, the uh, um, <clears throat> the other day I was sitting, sitting at home and I can't remember who, we were waiting to have a virtual happy hour for the, because of the, virus with some friends and we've been doing that a lot and playing games setting up games that we could play virtually with our friends with everyone be on video and we play the game together or um uh we would what was i gonna say um uh i've been setting. i was in the process of like writing up a flyer that i could Print out and put on our neighbor's doorsteps. So when it was a nice day, they would say, Hey, let's have, uh, we call it six feet at six o'clock. Everyone come out of your houses
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and
1: it. stand in the street across from each other with your cocktail and just like talk and be be social for a little bit. And it's suddenly out of nowhere, it, because I, I think partly over the last couple of years in particular, I've been trying really hard to find positive things that I got from my mother because there was so much negative she was uh one of the um pieces that you wrote you sent me today of the quotes that you found about motherhood i totally saw myself in um that said
0: uh that one was so sad too
1: it said what do you what can you do when my mother is the anger the anger in my words and the words in my silence um the pain in my tears and the ghost in my smile and and I see myself in that a lot. That I, um, my mother taught me to use words as weapons and silence as weapons and, um, how to manipulate feelings to, uh, so that to your own advantage, to, to the advantage of the situation. She, we were, um, taught, uh, taught basically to not ever have feelings because, uh, that my mother would just use them against you for better or worse. So, um, I came out of my childhood very emotionally shut down. Um, but, uh, I have been really trying to think of things that I did like about my mother and feel and so that, because it doesn't tell, it doesn't do you any good. doesn't do your soul any good to sit and tell yourself that everything about your childhood was miserable and your mother was a terrible yeah. person. You should, and that, you know, and you, and I should hate my mother. Um, when first of all, it's not true. And secondly, what good does it tell you? What does good does it do you to have that narrative in your life that you're like your your childhood was just miserable? Why do you want to tell yourself that? And why not because there's good in everything and why not focus on the good things that, that she did do and did have and and I realized that the all the activity, the happy hours and the games and the organizing the neighborhood, those are things that my mother would be doing, would have been doing in this, in in this circumstances. Like that's exactly what she would have been doing. She would have gotten busy, and she would have organized things and come up with projects and things to do, and organized Lego building parties and. And I started crying um, when I realized it because it it was the, it was such a, direct connection to her, and I recognized it, myself. Her in me and in a really really positive way and something I really like about myself, and I, I saw, I think I don't know, I just it was such it was so nice to have such a clear direct connection to her, and in under such trying circumstances and and it was literally like five minutes later that you texted me, seemingly completely out of the blue and said, we need to write a do a piece about a, a podcast about our parents' influence on us. And I was like, I can't believe you just texted that to me because I just had this experience. So anyway, that was cool. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's funny cause, uh, one of the things that I wrote, I'm skipping here mm-hmm. about tying this all back into unconditional love, but one of the things that I really discovered after my dad died was, that uh, my relationship with him continued that mm. even though he wasn't Physically present in my life anymore, I still thought about him all the time. Not all the time, but I think about him often, and things happen to me. And I, um, in my mind, I tell him about it, or the like the example that you just gave. I mean, there are connections
1: that you didn't know you had that
0: you didn't know you had that continue um, if you allow them to, you know, and I still, I mean, I, I feel my dad's presence um, now and then, and that's, it means a lot, you know?
1: Yeah. uh, I've I've told you this quote before from Abraham Hicks that I love. It says, um, when someone passes away, don't look for them where they used to be. Look for them where they are now and mm. i think about that about my parents in terms of that a lot because i really want to have a loving connection to my parents and i and i'm trying still to find it and to feel it and to feel cuz i i know that underneath all of the repression and anger and neuroses that they would want me to be happy and i'm sure they're happy for me that i'm happy and successful and uh uh but I can't, I have a hard time feeling it. I want I would love to feel that, that, that they, that they see me and I haven't found it yet, but it was a great connection the other day with my mom.
0: Yeah. Oh. well, it's funny too, Dan, when you, you say, say that in the very, the image that just popped in my head is of you. You are such a, you've become a great father and I know you don't have biological children, but you've, you've grown into being a great father in many ways for many people in your life. Um, and you had to have done that because of how, partly because of how you were raised, right? Good or bad. You've become a, good dad because of um or a good parent because of partly because of your parents
1: Mm. yeah i mean i I think the way i think about it is that i've tried to become the parent that i didn't have because i never had a father figure that i admired uh and so i've for lack of a role model, I decided to become my own or to be, I mean, that's a, I've heard that expression, like be the person that you would have wanted to have as a parent when you were. Yeah.
0: Become the, yeah. Become. Yeah. Become the parent
1: that you needed. You you had.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think parenting, you talked about this and I think on our first episode about how, (laughs) being a parent shows you what unconditional love is because you you see it in yourself more than any other time and i can totally imagine that that's true and it certainly ties ties back to so if you we struggle to find loving connections with our parents but maybe that's one of the big ironies of parenthood is that but at the same time your parents offer so much love to you that you don't even see or recognize
0: yeah and it's their version of love
1: Mm -hmm. you
0: know it's their love
1: it's what they know how to give it's how they know how to give it
0: yeah
1: and we learn so much from that whether we want to or not
0: yeah this whole um just writing the rundown for this and thinking about it today and looking at quotes and talking about it with you, it makes me very emotional.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Like I, I, I feel like my um, heart has been cracked open. Um, -hmm. and I feel very, um, well, I guess I feel very, that, that word is correct. I feel very open, which makes me very, um, um, I, a vulnerable.
1: Mm-hmm. I understand that. I, I've been trying to, it's a completely off topic. Um, when I feel that, I think the best word for it maybe is overwhelmed feeling of just like its gratitude and its love and its, um, it's. Recognizing just sort of I don't know, like the open feeling of just feeling like so so big and open that it's it's hard to hold it all in and, and I get very it makes me very emotional when that happens to me and I've been trying to be able to let it flow more and I feel like sometimes getting emotional over it stops the flow of that energy instead of just letting it fill you and yeah. I don't know if it's making. I don't think I make any sense. You can cut that part out. <laughs> it
0: does No, <laughs> As soon as you said it, I was like, "Yeah, that's it. It's it's a softening," and that, and
1: but that's I, I what unconditional love is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I clamp down on it because it's it's so big. And yeah, I, it's huge, I, and you want to let it flow. I mean, I do. Yeah. I want to. Um, yeah.
0: And that brings us back to. Unconditional love. All of this. This whole conversation is about that. It's about seeing your parents um, in with with brighter eyes, with a, with an open heart, with uh, forgiveness, with acceptance, with um, and focus with on gratitude. the good things. All those yeah. good
1: things that they've given you, and not focus on the bad things. And and then you can look at them through eyes of love because you're just looking at the good things.
0: Yeah. 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 They loved us into being to the best of their ability.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, is. Yeah. 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 That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, in my, in my tears, uh, right now, um, thanks for listening. Um, we're glad you guys are tuning in. Um, if you have any thoughts or positive suggestions that you'd like to reach out to us with, um, we're at amberdanlove at gmail.com. And um, hopefully you'll keep listening.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. And we'll uh, be back soon. I had an idea for an episode. and I have to remember what it was. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Love okay. you.
0: Love you too. Bye. <laughs>